On this episode of the Dudes and Dads podcast, we're going to chat with Mark about being a chaplain and why it's important to go to church. You're listening to the Dudes and Dads podcast, a show dedicated to helping men be better dudes and dads by building community through meaningful conversation and storytelling. And now, here are your hosts, Joel DeMott and Andy Lehman. Well, it's actually not Joel DeMott tonight. It's actually... I bet Jason, we're with me. Jason is a good friend uh, who said, hey, you know, while you guys are napping, I'll help step in and kind of do this co-host thing. So, Jason, welcome to the show. I know this is your first time actually being on a podcast, so welcome. Yes, it is my first time. And, you know, I just I just didn't want the show to be stalled out, to not be there. So I said, someone's got to step up and help. So, so you stepped up to the call and... And I'm showing you how to do it tonight. Exactly. I want to. I want to know what you know. What I know. I can teach you all I know in about 30 seconds. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so, uh, like I mentioned before, we are uh, chatting with my good friend Mark here tonight. Uh, Mark, we actually met. Uh, so, welcome to the show, Mark. Um, it's good to have you here tonight with us. Man, I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Yeah, no problem. So, we actually met through a podcast. Mark has his own podcast too. So, if you want to kind of tell us briefly about your podcast, that'd be great. Yeah, so it's called the Let's Talk About It podcast, and it's a healthy place for conversation from a Christian perspective. Something I started eight months ago. One of my friends challenged me on because I we uh, do some teaching on and some internship uh, at the church that I go to, and so she's like, "Why don't you just start a podcast?" And I was like, "I'm not doing that." <laughs> and I did it. <laughs> that's awesome, and that's actually how we know each other because we were in a Facebook group together about podcasting, and I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think someone had posted like, hey, share your latest episode or something. And I think you commented on mine. And uh, just from there, I started listening to yours and we've been good friends since. Yep. That's exactly what happened. Uh, <laughs> you you commented on mine. I commented on yours and we've just been de- each other. We've been voice messaging each other and videoing each other. And we've just been catching up for the past like six months now. Yeah. So I decided to, to have him on. So I mentioned briefly that you're a chaplain here. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, so there there are five action verbs. Um, so I'm a chaplain in the army because uh, I know there's different chaplains. For example, there's chaplains um, at that work at a jail, or there's hospital chaplains. So I'm a chaplain in the army, and so there's five keywords that we focus on, and we say it's uh, perform, advise, nurture, care, honor. And so what that means is we perform uh, religious support, we advise the commander, and we advise specifically in areas such as what's the morale of the soldiers within the unit. Um, what are the morals of the soldiers within the unit? Um, and where are the ethics like? Um, and we have confidentiality, meaning that soldiers can tell us anything um, and we can't say anything, but we can at least keep our commander informed in terms of the trends of what's going on within the, the battalion. And then for nurture, we say nurture the living, care for the wounded and honor the fallen. Um, you know, we just had Memorial Day a couple weekends ago. So one of the things that we could do is, you know, we do memorials obviously and um, gray side funerals. Um, so that's, those are like the key words that we really focus on perform, advise, nurture, care, honor. So that's a cliff note version of it. That's awesome. How long have you been a chaplain in the army? Oh my goodness. So 
<laughs> it's a it's a trick question because <laughs> technically I'm what's called a chaplain candidate because I'm a chaplain in training. Okay. Um, but I've been a part of the chaplain corps for almost four years. I'm in the army total, just over ten. Okay. Um, but okay. I just recently finished all the the prerequisites. So I, I finished my master's in divinity back in August of last year, and then I finished chaplain training school through the army just uh, one month ago. So now I just have to assess, which means I go before a board and they give me the yay or the nay if they want me or not. So that's where we're at in the process, man. Awesome. So what kind of role have you been in the army so far before your chaplain? Oh man. So, uh, I was in the medical service Corps, uh, which is a fancy title for paper pusher at healthcare admin. <laughs> so, <laughs> so people are like, you are a doctor. I'm like, Nope, Nope. That's medical core. <laughs> so I was medical service Corps, but I did, I was active duty for six and a half years. Um, my first year I was, uh, the medical planner. Basically we were the medical attachment for a field artillery unit. So, uh, I deployed to Afghanistan my first year in the army. Um, and then my second year, I did it again, uh, with the infantry, um, third year, I went to medical operations, uh, which was a lot of fun. And then when I came here to Fort Campbell, I did my last three, uh, three to three and a half years in the hospital, specifically in behavioral health as a healthcare administrator. Um, so that's kind of a little bit of everything I got to do. What I loved about my previous core is being medical service Corps. You kind of get to be a part of those different things without even having to do it. You know, so I got to see the infantry stuff. I got to see the field artillery stuff and then behavioral health just because every single unit needs some type of a paper pusher or medical operations <laughs> from a medical side. So it was great. I, I, I really, really enjoyed it, man. Well, if you could push the paper correctly, that's probably the best thing right there because <laughs> I hear that's a big problem. <laughs> so is this a full-time job for you then? Is this what you do? Uh, so not, not right now. I'm currently in the reserves. Um, so reserves is basically one weekend a month and two weeks a year. Um, so basically you're looking about 30 days total throughout the year, but the first six and a half years when I was in medical service corps, uh, that was full time for me. Um, so I was six and a half years active duty, AKA full time. And then the last four years of my army career, I've been in the reserves. Um, my, my uh, day job, um, I'm a serve as a staff pastor, a campus pastor at a life point church here in Clarksville, Tennessee. All right. Awesome. So we'll, let's talk a little bit about your daily job. What do you do day to day at the church there? Yeah. So Sundays are Sundays. <laughs> right. um, we actually recently uh, uh, started a fourth service. So 730, 9, 10, 30, and 12. Um, just uh, God's been good. He's just been growing the church. Um, and so uh, since I'm the campus pastor, uh, something I do is I, I uh, basically, I'm that guy that comes up after worship and I do transitions and kind of lead over the congregants, pray, pray over everybody and, uh, you know, pass the torch over to Pastor Mike, who's our lead pastor. Um, and then uh, Mondays, uh, typically we'll do our, we do what's called our pastoral care meeting. And so it's all the pastors as well as our support staff, um, anyone who does pastoral care. Um, we just sit down together for about an hour at Monday mornings and we just go over, you know, are there any trends or challenges that, you know, that we may have and how can we support one another in that? Um, and then Monday afternoons, uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday afternoons for me, it's typically reserved for pastoral care. Okay. Um, so anybody that wants to connect, whether it's a marital counseling, um, whether it's one-on-one, uh, we have a lot of military folks because we're literally 10, 15 minutes away from Fort Campbell, um, home with 101st. So 50% of our congregation uh, is military. Oh, wow. So I get, to, I get the chance to meet with a lot of guys um, or it's a lot of uh development, leadership development, particularly with their internship program. So that's Mondays, Tuesday mornings, uh, nine o'clock. We have Tuesday morning prayer. 
Uh, 10 o'clock, we do sermon prep, which is really cool. So Pastor Mike brings in all of us as pastors. And so from 10 to 11, um, he already knows what text he wants to preach on that Sunday. And so we basically just come around the table and we get to extract the scripture uh, together um, as a whole bunch of pastors. And then uh, one to two is our pastor's meeting. And then again, Tuesday, Thursday afternoon is, uh, you know, more pastor care or development. So that's pretty much the general gist of it. Gotcha. Yeah. My wife actually just became the congregational care pastor at our church. And so she does a lot of the, the same pastoral care type of of things. So I'm getting to see a lot of the behind the scenes of that too. So yeah. Come it's on, congratulations yeah, to her, man. Yeah. So yeah, she's she's enjoying it. So let's talk a little bit about about the idea of why it's important to go to church. I've heard a lot of people, and this is just going to be a conversation between the three of us. Uh, I'm not looking to anyone here be the expert. Uh, my son Eli is actually sitting in the chair too, so if he wants to jump in here, he can too. Uh, but uh, they, I've heard a lot of people be like, you know, I'm good. Uh, I I can be at home and I can worship God at home. Um, and I don't need the church as, as a, you know, like, I don't need to go to the building to be, to be the church. And I think that's been exaggerated a little bit over this last year with COVID because people have realized, Hey, I can be home. I can live stream. I'm good. I, you know, I can kick back, put my coffee up, sit in my pajamas and, and worship God. But so let's talk a little bit about that. What, why do we think it's important? And then anyone can jump out here and, and start, but why do we think it's important here to go to church? Man, uh, I can go about this in so many different ways. Um, you know, first I do want to lead out and say this, uh, like you said, with COVID happening, um, I want to say this on the front end to anyone who has any type of health challenges, uh, fully acknowledge that. So use yeah. wisdom. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, um, for those though, outside of that, uh, Hebrews says to not forsake the gathering, right. Of coming together, meaning being amongst other believers. Um, and it's interesting that you actually, that we're talking about this, uh, pastor Mike loves going through whole books of the Bible. Um, his background, both with uh, his master's and just recently now his doctorate, he, uh, basically is exegetical preaching. So he loves going through whole books of the Bible. So we're actually right now in the book of Acts. And, um, we just finished that passage in Acts chapter two, uh, verse 42, where it talks about how, um, after these believers have said yes to Jesus, it says, thousands of them, right? But verse 42, it says, um, they devoted themselves. I just think that's powerful because it's, it's not like Peter preached this great message and then he asked them to come. After he preached, they were just so moved that they devoted themselves, meaning mm-hmm. like they on their own were just so moved and overwhelmed by the word of God, you know, through his spirit that they just decided to go. And then when mm-hmm. you go on to read, you know, through all the way down through verse, verse 47, it says, day by day, like they went to church daily, right? every day. And, and it's language like it's out of joy. It was out of generosity. So it wasn't out of duty or obligation. Mm-hmm. And when it said they devote themselves, it's things to like, it says fellowship, um, the apostles teaching, which is, you know, the word, um, breaking bread. So, you know, there were Southerners come on. So, but I mean, it's, it's this posture of, because I'm so overwhelmed by the word of God and what he's done in my life, I can't help but not want more of this. Mm-hmm. And the best part is, I think it's, I can't remember if it's verse 46 or 47, but it says, um, and the Lord added to their number. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, it wasn't this thing that, you know, that, that Peter added more or someone else. It's God did because you just see this act of um, devotion. And the, the best part is it says um, they sold each other's possessions. So mm-hmm. if there was, if, if, because no one was out of need, and so it's this idea that, man, if you're hurting, 
I'm hurting. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, because you, because you said yes to Jesus, that's, you're, you're part of the family. And you see this too in the writings of Paul. It's if, if my right shoulder's acting up, my left hand is naturally going to grab me because it's part of the body. You don't go, mm-hmm. my right shoulder's acting up. Let me just cut it off. Right. You know? Um, but it's this reminder too, though, that God himself is a God of relationship. Um, yeah. Even, you know, God, father, son, Holy spirit. So it's this idea that God himself is relationship and nowhere through Genesis to revelation. Do you see God not move without relationship? Yeah. I think it's that important too. Cause I think that we see, I mean, overall as humans, even when we're separated from other humans, we start to go on our own. We get these crazy ideas and like, I think God designed us to be in check with other humans. And so like, kind of like what you said in relationship, that's where, you know, I allow my wife, I allow Jason, I allow you guys to say, hey, Andy, your idea is crazy. And if, if you're at home, you're just doing your own thing. I don't know that that is healthy because that's where I think you could start to get these, like, I'm going to say weird spiritual things where you're, you think it's okay to do things that aren't biblical because mm-hmm. Satan, Satan's got you alone and can talk you, these things to you. So any thoughts on that? Anybody? Well, yeah, I think they're, the flip side of that is you can also get a false sense of security. Mm. You know, hey, I go to church, I'm going to be held accountable, but what if someone at church uh, leads you astray? Um, yeah, it's just you, you have to have, you know, a good, firm foundation, you know, a good church and mm. a good, yeah, good community of people who won't do that to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I think to there's even in, in worship. So there's times that I'm alone and I can be listening to worship music and, you know, praising God at home and that's fine. But there's a whole nother aspect to it. I think when you're with a group of people and you're all praising God together, it seems like the spirit moves in a different way. Like, I mean, in, in, in different ways, um, mm-hmm. cause you, you see that collectively as opposed to where you're alone. I mean, don't get me wrong. I really like the one-on-one times when it's just me and I'm an emotional dude, and so I, a lot of times, will end up with tears in my eyes, uh, especially when I'm home alone and there's no one else there and I'm worshiping God. It happened tonight, actually. Uh, before I came over, I was listen, listening to some worship music, praising God, and I had some tears in my eyes. And it, I'm less likely to do that, I think, if I'm in in a group of people. But at the same time, it's it's a different kind of worship because you, you are all collectively mm-hmm. worshiping together. Yeah, no, for sure. It's, uh, you know, so on Monday nights, I, I do a, a, a men's uh, small group study and it's, and it's a sermon based study, meaning we unpack, you know, Sunday's most recent messages. And so one of the questions was, you know, they devote themselves to it said, you know, prayer, reading and fellowship. I just asked them, um, which one do you find yourself disregarding the most of? And a lot of them, ironically, <laughs> um, said uh, fellowship is their hardest one. Now, to their credit, they've been consistent and committed, you know, to our small group. Um, and then for, for me, it's the opposite. Fellowship is like my natural go-to. I'm kind of, you know, like you, you and I'm a people person. Mm-hmm. I'm very yeah. relational. So fellowship is my natural thing to go to. Then prayer is my second natural thing. Um, reading for me is my hardest. Um, it doesn't mean I don't do yeah. it, but I have to be way more intentional. But as just me and the guys were talking, something that, um, that I kind of realized that we were just unpacking, you know, what each other's strengths and weaknesses um, I realized that though they're three separate things, they're actually not like they, they feed into each other. So if I'm not, if I'm not reading my Bible, if I'm not saying in the word, 
Um, I miss out on having scripture on my side when I pray. Mm-hmm. And then I even miss out on having scripture on my side when I do fellowship. So yeah. if I'm fellowshipping with you and Jason and Jason comes to me with a need or you come to me with a need and you're asking for prayer, how can I pray over you if I'm not even in God's word? I can just use words, right. which is, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I even miss out on being able to give you something that's even of more biblical truth instead of just my words, Right. you know? Um, and it's kind of, and it's the same thing the other way around. If, if, uh, if, if I'm really strong at fellowship, but maybe I'm not good at the word, um, but you are, um, there's, there's, there's added value, you know, in that. Definitely. And I think, I think that it goes, you, you had mentioned, you know, Bible reading. I think that, that it goes hand in hand with doing that alone. So you're at home uh, reading, you know, digging into God's word and, and letting the Holy spirit talk to you and reveal things to you but then there's also there uh, um there's also a value in being at at a place with other people somebody who's maybe more more better you know studied more has you know more training like yourself mark uh you know has gone to school for these type of things and who can teach more coming from a way where you're more knowledge i guess you know what i'm saying and and i think that it's it's interesting. It's an interesting topic because I think, especially in the technology of today, we have the internet, and so I mean mm-hmm. I can argue the same thing. I can sit at home, and I can listen to you know Pastor Mark. I can listen to, you know whoever is preaching the sermon that day. My wife, uh, you know <laughs> Pastor Sebastiano, whoever whoever it is, I can listen to that at home. So what are your thoughts on that? Like why? What's the advantage of being at church as far as for for text and you know and preaching? Yeah. Um, really it's that you're missing out on the community, you know? Um, so again, though you have online and I do think there's a difference between like, for example, engaging church online versus like a group that's online. So sure. For example, my small group is actually online. And the reason why is, uh, because a lot of the guys were here, you know, at Fort Campbell during COVID, um, a lot of them, uh, left, went to other duty stations. Okay. And in the process, a lot of churches were still shut down. So they had uh, no church to connect with. I mean, outside of, of course, from watching it online, but they're missing out on the fellowship. Mm-hmm. And so when things started opening back up, they had asked, um, hey, can you, would you be willing to still keep it online? And again, I'm a people person. I'm like, right. I'm a person. <laughs> but like majority of the guys aren't even here anymore. And when I say majority, I'm talking, we'll have eight to 10 people. Only three of them live here now. Okay. One yeah, guy's at El Paso. <laughs> one is in uh, one is in Georgia. Another one's at South Carolina. But my point is, even though this group is online, we're connecting on a regular basis every single week. Sure. That's intentional, engaged fellowship. So I would say, like that, as an exception, in the sense that it's not just me staying away from home, uh, or excuse me, staying at home away from the building because mm. I don't have that up for them. They literally don't have an option. Particularly, mm. like I got one guy literally in Afghanistan. He gets up at four to five o'clock in the morning to hop online because for him, that's his only fellowship. Yeah. You know? So I think there's a difference in that, but when you're amongst the actual body of people, um, it's, it's, it's exactly what you said, Andy, I'm a, I'm a bring it back uh, to you. There's something different. There's a time for solitude, but solitude is not the same as isolation, right? God did not create us to be isolated. He created it. He did create us to have solid Moses engaged in solitude. David engaged in solitude. Jesus Oh yeah, uh, religiously engaged in solitude, but he engaged in solitude to go back into community with his people. He, Jesus himself prayed all night. I can't remember it's Luke two or five, but it says he prayed all night 
discerning who his disciples were going to be because Jesus himself realized, I'm not here to do this on my own and I don't want to. I need a crew. So who is it going to be? And he believed it was so important that he spent hours into it. Right. I'm not suggesting that we all start doing that tonight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, it, but it communicates this, the, this importance of, are we being intentional with who we're doing life with? And if we're, we're called Christ followers, so if we're going to follow Christ, let's get in community. You know? And I love my pastor said it. It's a pretty blunt statement. When I meet with Christians, particularly if I have rapport with them, they say, yeah, I don't really go to the church, but I love watching it. That's just not in the scripture. It's nowhere in the Bible to say, if you want to be a Christian, uh, don't go to church. Like that's just not heart or plan of God for you. And there's so many things that God has in store for every single one of his people. But I believe we miss out on it because we're not engaged in community. Mm-hmm. Jason, you look like you have something to say. Well, I just like what you really said too about, you know, the different people who um, in past like Jesus and Moses, you know, before they went to the group of people, they actually spent time in solitude um, preparing. So, you know, like before we come even to worship together, I wonder if our gatherings would be different if we actually spent time preparing for what we're going to do, you know, preparing our hearts, you know, not to say certain things or to Mm -hmm. do certain things or, you know, just to clear some air Mm -hmm. a little bit with ourselves. Sure. I'm okay. So I'm going to continue this topic on a little bit on, on the prayer focus. Okay. So, for me, I think it's important to be in a building with people. Our church, I, I, I really appreciate the emphasis that our church puts on prayer. Um, so for those of you who've never been to our church, we we do a um, kind of an opening time and, and we have talk, you know, through whoever's hosting kind of says, hey, you know, this person needs prayer, like whatever. So-and-so is in the hospital. We have a large community of older people. So... That happens a lot um, as far as being in the hospital. But, and then they also ask anybody who wants to stand up for prayer um, can stand up and then people will either, you know, during COVID times, we were just reaching arm out, but, but pre-COVID and we're starting to get back to it a little bit more now, but we're, you know, going and actually laying hands on and praying, you know, even though we don't know what that person st- you know, has st- stood up for requesting prayer, we still go there in support. And that, that's something that's missing when you're mm-hmm. online. I mean, I can chat in a chat room and say, Hey, I'm standing up, you know, or I need prayer, but it's not the same and you can't have community. It's just not the same when you have somebody physically there yeah. touching out and, and touching you, you know, laying a hand on you on your shoulder. And I even felt miss it. I missed it when we were just you know, reaching out hands like, like Jason, did you feel the same thing? It was, it just wasn't the same as far as community goes when, when, I mean, we still know that they're there and in support of us because we're, you know, we're, you know, stretching out our arm. But it's not the same as, as actually having somebody come up and actually lay their hands on you and pray for you. Oh, absolutely! It was it was a much different feeling, you know, because sometimes you just felt moved to go over there and just be close to that person and hurt with them, and it's harder to do further away. Mm-hmm. You know, like when we were at home, I would stand up and I would just feel totally isolated. Though mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't. I did, you know, no one, no one could see, you know, that I was hurting. No one could right. see that I was, you know, in pain that day or, you know, whatever my need was, I was isolated. I was alone. So. Right. And I think even taking it a little bit further, you know, at the end of our service, we usually, especially right now, we have a, a prayer wall up there. That people can go through and write their prayers down and stick them in this chicken wire fence uh, thing that we have, you know, as far as a prayer wall. And I think that that's just a lot of times something that the, 
spirit moves you to do. Like a lot of times it's something that's said during the sermon or worship or whatever, but you know, lots of different people will go up there and do their, you know, put their prayers in the prayer wall at the end of the service. And that's something that you can't really do. You know, when we're online, when we're at home, like it's ending, I'm just going to turn it off. Then I'm back to like conversation with my family. Like it's just not the same as, as being here at the church building. Yeah, when when we were isolated more at home, it was really easy to say, hey, you know what? I need a bagel in the middle of the sermon and just get up and go right. get a bagel. <laughs> I, I've never done that during church. Um, it would be really inappropriate. But I also like when we're here, when you talked about the prayer wall, is that concept of just, you know, if you're listening to a song and you're like, something's gripping at my heart, just to walk up to that prayer wall. And a lot of times when you're going up there and you're writing down your prayer, there will be someone that will come up there and just stand with you. Yeah. And uh, even just then lay a hand on you. And I just think that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Something you said, Jason, that I really loved um, earlier about what would it be like if we had that personal time of prior to me with the gathering amongst you and one another. It's just a reminder of it. It's not an or, it's a both and. And that it even made me think of like, you know, our personality. So if you're an introvert, introverts thrive in solitude because that's their personality. And if you're an extrovert, they thrive in fellowship. So it's, it's this idea of capitalize on those strengths, but then because you are an introvert and you know that about yourself, then be more intentional with diving into community and fellowship. And an extrovert like myself, I have to be, I I purposely start my days in quietness and solitude can be something as simple as just literally sitting still for two to three minutes. I, I have an Apple watch. I literally put the breathe app on mm-hmm. for two to three minutes. I'm just, I'm thinking of like, you know, uh, a Psalm. Um, sometimes it's a walk around my neighborhood. Sometimes it's me just in my backyard, but I, I've radically specifically in the past two to three years, just been more intentional on that because to Jason's point, I'm a community fellowship, but to a fault in the sense that I disregard the, it's easy for me to disregard the individual prayer in solitude. So I'm just reminded that it's not an or, it's a both and. And just, I mean, you know, Jason, you're absolutely right. Like how different would things be if we gave ourselves permission to do, hey, have the solitude, not isolation, have the solitude and then engage in fellowship. And something else I'm reminded of too, Andy, uh, when you were talking about just when you speak, when you kind of break bread and not just food itself, but even like when you're discussing scripture. Um, I remember one of my really good friends, Brian, he said, theology is developed in conversation. Mm. So even when you do know something, just because you've read it and for argue, like y'all have my MDiv, I don't know a lot about God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> real talk, I do not, it's, if anything, it showed me how much I don't know. And when I get with my small group, I mean, and these are a bunch of army guys, infantry, uh, special forces. They, I mean, continue to surprise me because I'll say something and it'll trigger a thought for them and they'll say something. I'm like, man, I would have never thought of that. So, I mean, but that's part of the, you miss out on actually just the development and your personal growth in your walk with Christ because you're not engaged in fellowship. Mm-hmm. So that's just another thought I was kind of thinking of. Yeah. And, and you're not challenged. I mean, if you're all alone, you're not challenged to care for somebody. You know, you can, you can read something on Facebook. You can just zoom right over it. You can see something on the screen. You can just zoom right over it. But if you have somebody standing there, even if you don't have words to say and you're just with them, you're still challenged to be there with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I think so as you guys are talking, I was thinking too, I don't think it's, and I'm going to say this clearly, I don't think it's wrong to not always be at church. So there are times that 
I'm just exhausted and I need it. You know, I, I want to sit at home. Like there have been times that I've not gone to church, you know, for a weekend or something like that. And I think that's okay. If, if, if you're going to do something different, maybe dive into the scripture by yourself. Like, I think that's okay, but it's when it becomes an every week thing or when it becomes easy for you. Cause you just don't want to get up and get clothes on or go to church or talk to people or whatever. That's I think when it becomes not okay. And again, mm-hmm. the church doesn't necessarily have to be a building and it doesn't have to be a Sunday morning. I'm not saying saying that. It can be you guys meeting in a park and doing worship there mm-hmm. or studying the word there. It can be anywhere. It doesn't have to be in the physical four walls of the church building. But I think it's important to meet with God's people and have that fellowship and that community with God's people as par- as you know opposed to being alone mm-hmm. yeah absolutely I mean even when I think through um you know these these powerful men and women that the Lord used both the Old Testament and the New Testament the common denominator is everyone had like a group of people mm-hmm. you know Moses had Aaron and her um you know David had um his his prophet you know uh, Nathan um again Jesus with the 12 uh Paul wouldn't be in the position he's in had it not been for Barnabas. So, I mean, you just see this, there's this constant posture of, of um, just people coming together, like regardless if they're the leader or not, that God puts other people around, but to the individual's credit, they're also intentional about who they surround themselves with. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's this, it's this reminder of don't just do life with people just to check a block, like do life with people on purpose mm-hmm. that are going to, add value to guess what by the way like you're gonna value to them so they i I even think that this the church is hurting right now because people who aren't going aren't there Mm -hmm. so to the person who's listening it's not church like our church is missing out on the fullness of god because of your absence because Mm -hmm. you have something to offer us you know what i'm saying like you have a gift that i will never have you have a talent that i will never have because i'm not you god's created you in a unique way so I don't even think of it as not just so much what they're missing out on. Like I miss like think about this. Right. I'm missing out on value right now because someone is not at Life Point Church. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's it, a different way to think of it, you know. Yeah, it, it, and it goes back to us being all one body. You know, the you know one person's the hand, one person's the eye. Like you can't mm-hmm. do you can't do that on your own. Like I can't do its job just by itself. It relies on the whole body, and and that goes back to what you were just saying, Mark. Like we are the body, and and we're missing out when you know another person isn't there when the eye is not there we're missing out and so yeah it's definitely important i think a few years ago um quite a few years ago actually we we took uh took a piece of puzzle to uh, a complete puzzle and handed it out to a lot of the different members and then they're supposed to come in on a certain day and we assemble that puzzle and then you get to see what happens when people are missing. There's just certain things missing. Mm-hmm. So it was really neat. I think it's actually still glued up and downstairs. And you can still see there's a few pieces missing. But Interesting. it's nice with that individual, uh, what everybody means in the big picture. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Any any thought? Any more thoughts on the, on the subject as far as the church and being being here, being being present together? Anyone? Well, I am reading when you were talking about, you know, the people that you surround yourself with. I am reading uh, right now uh, Chase the Lion by um, Mike Mark uh, Batterson. 
And mm-hmm. interesting book. It talks about, you know, basically the book is around one of um, David's men. So he had a band of brothers that he was with. And it talks about uh, dreams in there, dreams within dreams. And the biggest issue that he talks about, you know, here at the beginning is it's not just your dream. Part of your dream is actually taking uh, other people's dreams and helping them fulfill them. And as a community, if we all have the same mission, we're helping each other with their dreams. So, Andy, you might have a dream that's a little bit different than mine, but when I come along and I can say, hey, I can help you with part mm-hmm. of your dream, you help me with part of my dream. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't barter like that, but we we just we come along and we say, you know, I love you, man, and I'm going to help you. There's mm-hmm. something I can add to you. There's something you can add to me, and together we can we can be bigger than we could be by ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Uh, uh, to add to that, Jason, that you, as you were talking, you kind of made me think of something that God's given every single one of us this this dream or this passion, you know, that we want to have. And by the way, I believe it can be more than one. But um, for you to enter into the fullness of whatever it is that God has in store for you, I'm just going to say right right off the cuff, you will not see the full version of what that could be without community. There's, there's just no, I mean, think of any, any successful, and this isn't even just a, a biblical thing. Like think of any successful person you can think of, you know, whether it's Elon Musk, it could be sports, you know, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady. Um, it's in any single category, whoever is an all time great of what it is that they do, they need a team to get there. Yeah. So you can be the smartest, you can be the most competent, you can be the most talented, you can be the most skilled that will only take you so far. You need a group of people. And, and in this case, like don't just have a team, like from a work split, from a work uh, side of things, which of course that's important, but I'm talking about your personal life, man. Like if you want to really see the fullness of what God has in store for you, um, his community is going to help get you there. Cause God moves through, he's, he's trying, he's already got a relationship. So don't miss out on that, on that relationship that will add value to you. Beautiful. Yes. That's awesome. Well, I think I think that that really sums up what we've talked about. I think that unless you guys have any final comments, well, the only question I would have is why would people not be living out okay. in the community? Um, mm. I, I know for me, uh, my mom. I remember when she got baptized. I remember when she became a Christian, and then after she died, um, a big question of mine was where was her salvation? I mean, we'd have mm. talks every now and then, but she wouldn't come to church. Uh, she would come here to church occasionally, um, far and few between, and for short stints. But she wouldn't. She wouldn't come to church, and that was kind of something I struggled with. You know, what does that mean for her? But I think you said it best when you talked about living out your full capacity. Mm-hmm. You know, we we can get so far. We can get um, salvation isn't based on whether we physically come to church or not, but there's so much more to be unlocked. There's so much more mm-hmm. to experience when we experience it together. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I was going to say like when, when Jason was asking, you know, what it almost, it almost seems like the question is like, what are, you know, barriers the reason as to why people don't go and people don't do it. Um, I'll, I'll just say the obvious one, um, church hurt. Um, that's a for real thing. And I would never dismiss that. We have people that come off by the grace of God, um, been out years and for whatever reason, uh, you know, whether it's through a person in passing or God just intervened, you know, directly and they just decided to come. Um, but a lot of it is just church hurt. And so to anyone who's listening, I just want to 
just apologize on behalf of anyone who's blown it, who's identified as a Christ follower, as a Christian, but did or said something um, that does not represent the gospel. Um, and so my encouragement would be um, to push past um, that and to not hold God accountable for the mishaps of his people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's... Which a, is a hard ask. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and, and that, that is hard because I think, I mean, we're, as a church body, we are made of humans and humans are going to disappoint. Humans are going to cause hurt. And, and so I think it is important to, like you said, Mark, like we have to, you know, I don't want to say we have to get past that, but don't let that stop you from coming to church. Um to see what God is doing here. And yeah, I, I also, mm-hmm. you know, when I say, Hey, we're, I'm, I'm sorry if I've ever hurt anybody cause anyone not to want to come to church. Cause yeah, I, I don't want to be the stumbling block for somebody. Yeah. And we, we've had that yeah. in meetings here, you know, you have a heated discussion and you know, people are like really getting into it because people on both sides are really passionate about which way to go. But then someone will stand up and give the speech that says, Hey, throughout history here, no matter what the outcome, no matter what we decide, what direction as a community to go, uh, we all just come together then and go that direction. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mark, I, I want to thank you for coming out tonight and, and being on this episode, but we cannot let you go without doing. Now it's time for the dudes and dads pop quiz. All right. So you're familiar with these since we're in the same community together, but I, oops, I'm trying to hold it up in my camera, the pod decks here. Uh, yes. So we're going to, we're going to pull out the pod decks. I'll let, Jason, answer. Ask a few, and I'll ask a few. You can ask the first one, Jason. So, so this just needs to be random. I mean, you handed me a card. Whiff, it's not appropriate. Oh, fine, fine. Take the okay. One. Okay, you can, well, yeah, you can pick one. No, no, you can pick one. <laughs> oh yeah, here we go. Here we go. What is your most treasured possession? My most prized possession. Your most treasured. Treasured. Oh, easy. My wife. Okay, that's a good one. That's a good one. So, <laughs> if you had to have someone following you around all the time, what would that person? What would you have that person do? Oh my gosh, man! <laughs> I have no, that's a fun question, but I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a fun question, uh, man. You know what? I would. So it was funny. Me and my wife, we had so many like stupid moments. I was like, "Man, babe, I wish we just have someone just record these these dumb moments." <laughs> so I would actually just have them walk around with the camera just to be there for those stupid moments that me and my wife have, so we can turn it into a TV show, Modern Family. All right. So <laughs> so you'd you'd have someone follow you around with a camera. L- yeah, basically. Let, let me ask you this too. Uh, this is not a, a question for the pop quiz, but how long have you and your wife been married? It will be seven years come November. We've known each other 15 years come September. Awesome. Wow. That is interesting. Yeah, it'd be nice. You know, you have your own personal scribe that follows you around and just <laughs> records and um, writes, hey, play back my day at the end of the day. You know, tell me yeah. what happened. And so, <laughs> hey, uh, my question here is uh, what characteristic are you most known for? Um, encouraging. Uh, for sure that uh, Barnabas has always been my favorite person Bible, and when people say that on their own that really blesses me so for sure encourager excellent all right looks like we, we actually have Eli wanting to ask a question here so Eli is going to ask on, a question Eli. when you die what do you want to be remembered for um that anytime I was with someone that they knew that they were the most important person in that moment that's a, that's a good one all right mm-hmm. That's great. 
Uh, if you could send a message to the entire world, what would you say in 30 seconds? Ooh, okay. Um, well, I would say, uh, uh, I'm going to answer this in two ways. If you're a Christian, um, say yes to everything uh, that God has asked you to do, no matter how hard it is, and let him come alongside you to do it so you can be the fullest version of yourself in him. Um, and if you're not, anything that you're looking to do in life that will add value to people, um, say say yes to it, do it scared and do it unfinished, knowing that you will become a better version of yourself. All right. What is your most recurring nightmare? I'll say drowning. Oh yeah. That's, <laughs> and I don't even know why, because I've haven't had like a bad drowning experience, but I've had too many dreams where I'm like, I'm drowning. I wake up throwing the pillow off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll let Eli ask our last question for the episode. If you had to delete all but three apps from your smartphone, which ones would you keep? Ooh. Okay. Oh God. Does, so I'm assuming the, the phone, like, does that count? You can keep the phone app itself because okay, you can't delete that one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, okay. So the three I'm keeping for sure podcasts. Uh, I can't, I need podcasts, man. I hear um, that. I hear that <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Podcasts, um, Spotify. Absolutely. Cause I'm huge on music. Um, and then the last one I'm going to say, I'll say YouTube. All right. So all communication, all sort of, yeah. Media type things. Interesting. Yep. Awesome. Well, hey, we want to thank you, Mark, for being on the show tonight with us. It's been it's been incredible. It's been it's been fun and a great conversation. So. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Really get to know you, and um, it's been a good experience. And I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Y'all keep listening to the Dudes and Dads podcast. They are awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for that. Guys, uh, thanks for joining us tonight. If you have any feedback on this show, make sure you call our voicemail number 574-213-8702 or email feedback at dudesanddadspodcast.com. Thanks for... uh, Jason, thanks for joining us tonight and kind of being a a host here, a co-host. It's been great. And Mark's been really easy on me, so it's been really good. (laughs) (laughs) With that, guys, a grace... And peace.